0: Hey, this is CTP and you're listening to the Airborne Mind Show.
1: Hey guys, Ms. Bahawk here. Thank you so much for joining me today and welcome back to the show. Before we get started, make sure you head over to theairbornemind.com and you sign up for the newsletter. You'll get a movement audit checklist, you get some cool training videos and guides. Uh, Essentially you can use this blueprint and this system and apply it to, you know, any weakness that you're currently working on right now. So whether that's handstand push-ups, pull-ups, maybe some of the core lifts, whatever that might be for you, whatever plateau you're going through right now, you can definitely catch the overlap and use it for yourself. So make sure you head over to the airbornemind.com and you sign up for the newsletter. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Something cool I recommend you try if you want to get the most out of reading a book is to obviously start by picking something that you're curious about, right? Listen to it on Audible, then go ahead and listen to the author talk about it on a podcast episode. So, the first time I ever tried this was a, with The Power of Habit, I believe. And, uh, you know, once I got through the book, I ended up looking up Charles Duhigg, and he had a bunch of interviews, you know, talking about the book. And I think that discussion aspect is a game changer. It'll make you think about things a little bit differently, it'll bring out certain Certain points that you may not have necessarily thought about. Um, And to me, it's just really cool to get that behind the scenes look uh, behind anything, right? So give that a shot. You can get a free audiobook and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash the Airborne Mind Show. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash the Airborne Mind Show. So today we get to chat with CTP. This conversation was so fun for me because we talked about the craft and the behind the scenes of podcasting itself. And I don't think that you have to be somebody who is looking to start a podcast or get into video editing to take away something from this one. Uh, I think if you enjoy Learning about different processes and you enjoy, you know, peeking behind the scenes a little bit, uh, you're going to take something away from this one. But CTP was the former producer and co host of the Barbell Shrug podcast. And although he's no longer with them, he's up to some very cool projects with Travis Mash, Christmas Abbott, Tate Fletcher, and a bunch of others. And he has played a part in helping some really well known podcasts get off the ground, like Mike Cajou's and Julie Fouché's. And so, you know, there's some cool stories in this one. He talks about how he was a pizza delivery guy for five years years what sparked the podcasting idea for him uh he got to visit tim ferris's house and help him out a little bit so we dig in on that so many different stories so many different experiences and uh it just makes you appreciate uh podcasting or any type of content that's out there it just gives you a different lens so i hope you enjoy this conversation all right and with that being said please enjoy the show ctp man welcome to the show what's up dude Thank you so much for being here, man. Um, You know, the first podcast I ever listened to was actually a Barbell Shrug podcast, and I didn't even know that uh, podcasts existed in the first place or what they exactly were, but I I listened to the audio version for the longest time, and so Mm -hmm. you would always hear like CTP, CTP behind the cam, and over, over a year or so... You just became like this mysterious personality that like everybody's kind of connected to in some way. And then you start watching, you know, t- uh, the technique wad and like all the video stuff and you're like, wow, this shit is actually really good. So I'm excited to bring you on and kind of just pick your brain on, you know, the craft of video itself, the craft of podcasting. Um, we'll definitely dive into like shiny tactics and stuff like that. But I, I just kind of want to see things uh, through your lens.
0: Cool. Well, that's what, that's what I, that's what I like doing, man. That's pretty much, I guess that sums it up. Like you see things through my lens. So,
1: yeah, man. So tell me uh, a little bit about, take me back before Barbell Shrugged. Like what, what were you doing, you know, before you even got uh, in contact with the guys that shrugged?
0: Uh, Like right before you'd say, or like how far back you want to go?
1: Let's go take me back to like where this interest kind of started in video.
0: Oh, man, I think all my life I've always been interested in video. Um, I just kind of always took to a camera. I, I, it was when Barbell shrug started was when I got my first actual camera, uh, unless you want to count, like, some, some kids' toys or, you know, like little, you know, something you get in, like, the kids' section at Target that is a camera but not, you know, that kind of right. stuff. But I've always been drawn to, and my dad had a, um, a, a camcorder, I guess, like a Sony, pretty sure I broke that, and uh but, yeah, I've always wanted to, to film stuff, and that's just kind of been, you know, what I did, I guess. So, whether it was like joke videos, just kind of always drawn to it. So,
2: right.
0: Uh, actually, I remember, I know you had McG, my boy McG, on uh, a couple episodes back. Yeah. I remember when we first met, it was I just started uh, interning at the gym faction, and uh, I remember him saying to you, I'll never forget it. He goes, Do you got to film everything? <laughs> I was like, "Oh."
1: well dude tell me what is it what is it about video because obviously we're seeing now when you look at snapchat you look at instagram uh your facebook video is everywhere uh it's something that gym owners are definitely starting to utilize more it's something that just the average athlete is maybe using more and we're also just drawn to it like you know we like to watch 15 second clips minute clips and and things like that so what is it about video you think that kind of uh you know makes it interesting and draws people
0: that, that that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I th- I mean, I guess we're just, you know, in regular life, I guess, so to say. You know, we're so attached to screens now, you know, whether it's your TV, your phone, your computer. Um, you know, in, in regular life, you are looking at people. You're hardly ever interacting with just their voice or, or, you know, something like that. So I think it's just, you know, it's the closest thing we can get to real interaction. You know, facial expressions say a lot. Uh, body language says a lot. So when you're missing that... Um, you know, you're missing a big piece of the puzzle there. Uh, But, you know, audio is great too, but, you know, you just kind of add all that stuff back in when you do video. So I think that's, of course, why it's always going to win out um, if it's easy. And that's the other thing. It's like it's now, for the first time in human history, it's easy to, for most people to do it, because everyone has a device on their their phone usually. Um, You know, it's easy to upload. Uh, Upload speeds are big, and it's, uh, you know, there's places to put them. So I think, you know, this would have happened a long time ago. It's just now it's... uh, Available for everybody
1: definitely that makes a lot of sense. So you've always been into video Uh, That's always kind of been your thing. Tell us a little bit about how you know your role at Barbell Shrugged and and how that kind of came about
0: Um, Yeah, so me uh, Me Mike and Doug and Chris started the podcast um, Back in 2011 was when we really first started trying to figure it out So I'll kind of take you back a little bit before that yeah, which was the thing that kind of started it all I was on my i guess my th- third year of pizza delivery I ended up doing five some of that I think that last year carried over into the beginning of shrugged mm-hmm. so but I did five years total got a five year pin and everything <laughs> um and uh, on that third year though my bass player in my band um, knew that I was I-, I used to be pretty big kind of like almost a triple chin double chin you know just a gross... You know, not that I'm in shape now, but um, you know, just kind of a very gross. Like I, I, I didn't grow up eating clean. Like that's just not, my family didn't. They, uh, you know, it's just not how they thought. You know, sure. they weren't trying to like, you know, make me unhealthy or nothing. But you know, they just it's just different times. You know. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, put it this way: my average dinner, like growing up, was like cold raviolis. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. And then like a bag of potato chips. <laughs> so, and like there were, oh, man. That's that's a whole nother story. Anyway, uh, so I was unhealthy and like I didn't I didn't train in high school like most kids do. They get started you know with some sports and stuff, and um, I played sports as a kid. But by the time middle school rolled around, the most activity I got was my bas- my backyard wrestling federation, <laughs> which yeah. if you want to count that. And uh, then after that, man, it was all music. I played guitars and bands pretty much from, well, you know, for all of high school and stuff like that. But I never trained. You know, I was more artsy music guy, right. um, not not training in the gym at all. And I look back now, and I'm like, damn, I wish I'd done that. Um, but I say that to say, I had gotten, uh, you know, now at this point, I'm probably 23. Um, and I gotten even more out of shape, because, you know, years and years go on, and you're just getting chunky. And like, man, it was, I wasn't looking healthy, that's for sure. Um, I, I'll dig up a picture and send it to you. But yeah. um, my bass player at the time, and the band I was in, he knew I was trying to get my shit together. And this was like, you know, I'd say every other Monday was me trying to get my shit together okay, come right. Monday. I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna get <laughs> going. And uh but he he saw it. He saw that hey, this guy's at least trying. And uh he was in jujitsu, um in Jackson, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and they had just started uh turning their jujitsu place into also doing CrossFit. Gotcha. You know, kinda adding it into their stuff. Right. So he was kinda getting into it and then when he noticed I was trying to get my shit together, he had brought it up to me. And um What's funny is he in the same. It may have been the same day or the same week, one of the two. I'm wanting to say it was the same day. He told me about CrossFit and he told me about the Joe Rogan podcast,
1: <clears throat> which I love, by the way.
0: Hell yeah, <laughs> Joe shows the ball. Um, but uh, Joe was only on episode two when he told me about it, so I, I oh, got wow. in there early. And so those are the two things that literally changed my life. I mean, you know, lots of things do, but these two, at least currently have the most impact uh, given where it where it took me I guess so um, you know I was delivering pizzas like I said I was on my third year and and uh, and delivering pizzas is not what I wanted to do I was in college you know right. um, I was working full time um, uh, at, at that place you had no option to not work weekends so I really didn't have a life other than band practice and then plant you know the occasional playing a show like when you got when you got a gig right and uh, but I mean man there five years of my life I didn't have a weekend um, and all that. So I, I say that to say that, you know, it kind of kind of was a lonely time, you know, mm-hmm. And uh, for me anyway, you know, it was either working and you know lots of the people I was working with, I wasn't excited to be in their company. Right. They could probably say the same of me. but um, and uh, anyway, when he showed me that Joe Rogan podcast, you know you, you you put it on in the car, and I'm telling you, dude, the work day went by like that. Yeah, like it went from like kind of going into work. And being like, oh, you, I mean, it's a, it's it's a stress free job because you can put on your music or whatever, and it's chill, and you're not doing hard labor. So I don't want to like dumb it up, but like it was just a drag, you know. Right. And but but as soon as I tuned into that podcast, and like I said, I got on episode two when it was just Joe Rogan and Brian Redband, um, and uh, and I got in, and and it, dude, it made the work day go really really fast. So I was really entrenched to that. Fucking loved it. And then he also showed me CrossFit. Okay. So um. Anyway, that kind of, like I said, it got me really into podcasts. Um, I had kind of dabbled into podcasts. I knew what they were. Um, Ricky Gervais back in like 05 I had dabbled in. That shit's hilarious. Go back and listen to that if you haven't. With Carl Pilkington, they ended up doing stuff later, but um, but I didn't think of it as like a something I would have wanted to do. Sure. Um, or you know, but this was different because what Joe did is, and like I said in my blog post I just posted, is Joe had conversations. He yeah. wasn't interviewing. It was just literally like set up the mic. And just capture the conversation you were gonna have. Otherwise, you know, you weren't editing anything out. Like as multiple episodes go by, you might hear Joe say the same shit, yeah. and like you might hear him tell the same story like eight times. And now he has like nine hundred episodes. So maybe you've heard it like forty times. Who knows? But what is that like? That's like when you're hanging out with your friends, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when you're hanging out with your friends, like you're like, oh, here goes Steve telling his fucking going to Kroger and. Staring in the ice cream aisle right. for forty minutes before he finally settled on chocolate chip, um, you know, and you get and that and that that kind of like that's what makes you you know somebody you know when you when you know their bullshit when you know their stories and all that kind of stuff and so you know what that did uh, sorry I'm kind of all over the place but no, what that did you. is like I feel like I feel like I was Joe's or Joe was my friend now Joe didn't know me but I felt like that was my buddy you know yeah. and then and then he ha- and then for the early for the first year and a half two years joe pretty much had his his main homeboys on right? right um like local comedians and like his 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 homies and now he's branched off and he does lots of celebrities and writers and stuff like that but early on it was just his homeboys and i felt like those guys were my friends now i wasn't so damn lonely that i didn't have you know i had my band <laughs> and i had people you know friends and stuff but um when you spend that much time at work, it really did make it feel like I had friends. So that was cool. And and that always stuck with me. It was like, you know, I'm not just listening to an interview. Like, I feel like I'm hanging out with my friends. So, uh, but anyway, then he also showed me CrossFit. I started uh, doing some research. I remember early on, I I saw um, a couple videos and it was cool. I was like, all right. Um, And it wasn't until I saw... um, was it was 2009 Mm -hmm. was the time and it just so happened to be the games were happening around that time it was still in aromas at the time this was the year miko salo won and i watched that i streamed it or you know where it was online and i'd been looking into crossfit but it was when i saw that that i was like i'm sold like it was like watching miko and do all that like come back and he was just he just seemed so cool man i was like fuck yeah this is awesome and then uh so and I, it was cool, because like, I got to tell Dave Castro that story recently. Like, um, you know, the whole, I don't think Dave gets enough credit, actually, because it's like, you know, he's in charge of the games, and I, like I was, t- like I just said, I would have not probably taken to CrossFit if I didn't have, like, this dude, this hero, so to speak, to sure. aspire to be, like Miko. Like, I'm never going to be him, still ain't, <laughs> it's years later. No, we're close, but... It was something about him, you know, Dave, what he essentially did was kind of create heroes with the games. And uh, I think that's something a lot of people don't realize or appreciate. Um, but anyway, so did that, and that kind of said, okay, I need to do this. Saw Miko, I was getting all into it. Like, I need to do this. And knowing myself, you know, and this goes for a lot of people, it's, you know, you got to – it's easy to say you want to start something, but you got to put the things in place and make sure you do it. And I, I, I wanted to not let myself down so I like overcommitted, I found, I, first I Googled uh, CrossFit in Memphis, right? Right. And uh, I found one, CrossFit Memphis. Um, so I shot the owner a message, Mike Bledsoe yeah. from Bob Bell Shrugged. Uh, and somewhere I still have that email, I think. I can find it, you know. Um, but I shot him a message and, oh, let me backtrack just a, just a hair. Sure. Um, during that time, you know, when I'm Googling the CrossFit videos, um, I didn't have a major picked out in college. And now I'm like, man, I'm all in on this fitness thing. I need to, you know, you know, just like mo- most crazy girls, you know, or guys, right. let's not just limit this to women. Uh, the craziest people, you know, in college, usually they're psychology majors, right? Because right. <laughs> they've got something to they've got something to hide and fix themselves. So they want to learn about it. Well, right. I was the, I was the chunky fat kid and um even though you probably wouldn't think why is he joining exercise it's it's more i just wanted to dive in and learn right maybe i was sticking out like a sore thumb a little bit but i just really wanted to push myself in into that world so i you know really get in there so anyway i switched my major at that time um and now like i said i messaged mike um and he shot me something back um Telling me, come in, we'll get you taken. And they just set up, you know, they're not like a legit business at all at this point. And you got to remember back in 2009, those were, it wasn't quite the Wild Wild West, but it still was. Let's right. still count that as Wild Wild West of CrossFit. Um, and they were in this ghetto little shop, man. They were like, it was like on a street you didn't really want to be on, and it just looked trashy. And I was like, I love this. So I, I drove to there, and my plan was this I had a check. And I was going to give Doug, or sorry, I walked in and Doug was there. Mm -hmm. Doug from Marvel Shrug, right? And uh, basically, instead of like, you know, talking or whatever, I was just like, I want to sign up. Give me whatever paperwork. I'll fill it all out. And here was my plan. I was going to give him a check. And then basically what I was going to do was I was going to take a week to run around my neighborhood, you know, to get in shape so I could be ready to start. But I wanted to go ahead and give him the check so I couldn't talk myself out of it, right? Right. But I didn't want to start, that day or anything. I wanted to kind of work up to it. Right. Well, I hand him the check, and he goes, "All right, you want to work out now?" And I was like, um "No, nah, I'm in. I'm, I'm in flip flops." So, <laughs> nah. He's like, "Oh, you don't need shoes." And I'm like, "Son of a bitch!" And there was like some cute girl there, and it was just me and her and Doug coaching. And I was like, "Crap!" And the workout was Diane, I think, 2159 okay. uh, deadlifts, handstand push-ups. Gotcha. And. uh Man, so I did the deadlifts, RX I guess. Barefoot. Against Doug's yeah, barefoot. Against <laughs> Doug's better uh, you know, against his advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was doing modified handstand push ups off a box. I did my twenty one deadlifts, I think I did one modified handstand push up, and then I was out the door, like almost about to puke. I don't think I did, but I was just whoo, you know. Yeah. I was not ready and it was a hot summer day too. So anyway, that's kind of how that journey started. So now I'm I'm in the gym world with those guys. And uh, and so I signed up for a membership as a full time college student slash full time pizza man, right. and it was it, it was more like it wasn't as expensive as CrossFit gyms are now, mm-hmm. but as a broke you know college student you know barely scraping by kind of guy, it was still a lot of money for me to commit to. Dude, anything more did, than
1: like ten bucks is more. Oh you know, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, and, like Planet Fitness.
0: Yeah, and at that time, like that was what you had to go against. Like now, I think I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but you know once you've been in the world you're like you see the value so it's different like all i had to go i was like why the hell is this this when over there it's like it's open all day and it's like eight bucks so (laughs) yeah um so yeah i was like uh i signed up and i was there for about three months and then i couldn't afford it anymore and well i mean it was i I always pretty much shouldn't have been doing i was always kind of pushed me to living on the paycheck to paycheck right Sure, it wasn't comfortable and uh and but then they took my class time away the noon class because now it was always like always just me and this other chick <laughs> and uh you know that that wasn't good for them because it's like you know right. we could be using our time anyway you get it so they took that away so i had to, i ended up canceling and i didn't see those guys again until it was my senior year um and you got to do your senior project or your senior internship and i always knew that that was coming and i always knew that when that came i was going to hit mike or doug back up and and uh uh, and say hey can I intern like because you know that's what I wanted to do sure. I always knew that from the moment I was a member there mm-hmm. and uh, so it finally rolls around and it turns out that year for summer school Doug Volunteered uh, to coach one of the summer school classes. So he's he's uh, not coach Teach mm-hmm. teach one of the summer school classes and uh, so he's in there and I'm, I'm asking him like, Hey, man, I got to you know pick my internship blah blah and he kind of had this like uh, Let me ask Mike And then, so, you know, now I go to the gym, like, on an open gym day. I'm like, hey, you know, I want to do this. And and then, you know, I I pitched it. We didn't talk much, but I came back to class, and and then Doug was like, yeah, Mike Mike said you could do it. I was like, oh, sweet. Cool. And then years later, Doug told me, he tried to convince Mike not to, like, or something like this, you know, he was kind of like, he was weary about it, he wasn't right. all like, all in, but Mike was like, fuck it, let him do it, plus they already had another intern at the time, so it was like they would have been doubling up, um, anyway, so thank God they let me do that, and uh, so I came in there, and uh, just did my thing, man, you know, right. just hustled at the, I'd be there early, and I would stay late, and um,
1: you put your time in,
0: Put my time in, yeah, because I mean, after that, I ended up getting a job coaching, and I saw lots of interns come in, some great, but a lot of them just, you know, they would say they want it, but their actions didn't show that they wanted it, like, sure. you know, um, but that's a whole other story, so with Barbell Shrug, so we're in the gym, and now I'm kind of hanging out, getting to know these guys, you know, um, and first of all, they, they came up in the same grab program I did. If you follow Shrug, you know Brian Schilling was mm-hmm. on a lot of our episodes, and he was kind of one of all of our teachers. Chris was in grad school with Brian before he became a professor, um, and let's see here. So, we're all hanging out. We're going, you know, every weekend it seemed like it was a party,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, uh, and, I, you know, so I got to hang around these guys, and I'd hear them talk. I'd hear the conversations they had, and I just, I was always like, you know, they were fun conversations. Yeah. And at some point, Mike had just kind of, you know, like Mike always does, he always has a, you know, wants to get into something. And he had mentioned, you know, podcasts, and my, you know, my spidey senses went off. I was like, podcasts—that's my shit. All I do is listen to podcasts, mainly Joe Rogan. But you know, like, and I was like, if if he's gonna do this, I've got to be the person to do it because I fucking want, you know, I want to, because I'm damn sure not gonna talk on the microphone. So, and then I already knew that they had great conversations anyway. I'd always be entertained when I was hanging around. So I was like, as soon as he said it, I was like, yeah, let's do this, let's do this. And then him and Chris did some test runs. Um, with just like a bullshit microphone at a coffee shop. Uh, one of our full depth episodes, full depth, uh, this, there's two parts with NASA. And then after that one, um, there's a full depth episode, full depth number three, I guess, uh-huh. where we kind of retell this story altogether. Uh, if you want to watch that, but, um, and that's on the Barbell Show YouTube. But anyway, so they did that, and I would listen to those while I was delivering pizzas. Just to, they didn't post them anywhere. It was like literally just to practice, sure. And then I would listen, and I was like, "Oh yeah, man, I fucking love these." And like they didn't like them, but I was like, "Dude, I was hella entertained." So let's let's do this. And then so I kept pushing, like, let's do video, and you know, I was just trying to figure out how we want to do it. So I was like, "Well, let's just try what Rogan's doing, doing the UStream webcam, like keep it simple." And uh, so we did, and I don't know if, you could, if we finally took them down, but for years, you could go just Google barbell Shrug Ustream, and you could find some cheesy-ass, like, webcam us just set up in, like, some bunk-ass room at Mike's old house, <laughs> um, and it's funny, the guy I'm actually doing freelance work for right now is the guy who was our first test guest, Chris Wark. Gotcha. He uh, has an awesome story about beating can- cancer without chemo. Anyway, um, so... We did that. We 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 did a couple test runs. We did you know did this, did that, messed around in the garage until finally it was like, all right, well let's 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 use the real cameras. I went out, sold all my guitar equipment, um, all my amps, not all of them. I kept one guitar and a practice amp, but I sold a lot of equipment um, to be able to buy my first bullshit little uh, entry level uh, camera DSLR mm-hmm. and to make a down payment on a. I'm actually looking at it right now. A computer that. I could edit on, like an Apple computer.
2: Right.
0: I had no camera experience other than just, like, you know, the stuff I mentioned earlier, and no editing experience, like, other than just dabbling in iMovie like anyone else probably has when, when they have an Apple, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I just d- dove right in, and I was just like, let's do this. And so we had a, another guy at the gym who was way into videos. His name's James Chaney. And actually, if you go watch those first 12 episodes, James is in the credits. You okay. know, Mike, Doug, Chris, CTP, James, Cheney, nice, and uh, so that's kind of that was the crew, man, and yeah. uh, and so we got going, and and uh, you know what? I'm gonna pause, and I'm gonna let you ask a question. Yeah, no, I'm no, no. dude, I'm, 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 I'm fascinated. Where do, where, what by do you want to hear next?
1: I, I want to hear. You mentioned something about the like the hero concept, right? That hero's journey, almost something that uh, got you hooked onto the Joe Rogan podcast, right? And I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like storytelling is not only is it, you know, skill and an art in and of itself, but it's one of those things that I think a good video can really capture. Um, And I've messed around a little bit with trying to like, you know, make testimonials and like mess around with a little bit of video content and it's hard, man. And so pretty much what I ended up doing was uh, kind of Uh, working with Justin. I don't know if you know Justin from Monkey Real Media. He actually, I think, did an episode on barbell business maybe. Um, But I kind of found out about him through barbell business and I've been using him since. And it's amazing, like the way that kind of behind the scenes, the way that, you know, video, let's say for a testimonial works is, you know, I'll record it. I'll record it with the, you know, with the client that we're just trying to ask questions and bring out uh you know their experience and their story and then you kind of film b-roll like the action shots and things like that and I always look at kind of like what I record and I listen to myself I listen to the client but then the way that Justin is and his team are able to kind of put this together and create a story out of it that just literally picks apart, you know, the one or two words that just make such an impact. It, it's it's really fascinating to me. I think it's a, it, it's a really crazy skill set to have. So tell me a little bit about that. Is there is storytelling a key piece to being able to make great videos?
0: I think it's the only piece that really matters. I mean, I certainly you can bring up other cases where it where maybe it's not the right Time and place for a story, but I mean, I, I, yeah, stories, man. We as humans, I think, are are uh, built to want to. We, we, I think we retain knowledge and information better when it's in story form. Right. It's. I think. I think. It's for for example, like right now uh, when I was driving home to come do this interview, I could listen to an audio book or I could listen to a podcast. Both were going to be the same author. It just happened to be that way, right? Right. And 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 his audio book is great information, but he's reading it. And the other one is a conversation, like I was telling you, like a story. Yeah. And, you know, you just talk to people differently than you are going to be reading out something and just reciting information. And I think just even the way you talk, you retain it better. And, and then we're just um, – I think we just – you know, the human brain also just likes a good story, right? You, You'll,
1: you would enjoy this episode. Uh, it's, I think, on Freakonomics Radio. It's called Your Brain on Podcast. So Stephen Dubner interviews this, uh, like – neuroscientist and pretty much what they did was a study where they uh kind of did an mri on the brain while they fed people hours of podcasts to listen to and these podcasts that they were listening to were in story format so pretty much what Mm -hmm. they did was uh monitor the brain activity and see like what elements and which parts of a story activated different parts of the brain (laughs) it was pretty crazy uh that's something i feel like you might enjoy but um yeah, so tell me what goes on in your head when you're kind of sitting down with all this content and you're trying to kind of, you know, create the best story that you possibly can out of all this footage. Like, what are what is kind of going through your mind?
0: Right. So, I mean, we had the podcast, right, which is, you know, the podcast is, you know, the, the, the boys tell the story, right, or the right. guests tells the story, and they drag that out. And uh, something that I feel Chris Moore was really good at, you know, that's, yeah. that was his shit, you know. And um, – but – what, what people may not know, and because you know I don't know how good a job I did promoting them, but I have a lot of videos on the Shrug channel, and I'll start to have more on my personal one now, mm-hmm. uh, where, where I'd say my main shit, the thing I enjoy doing the most is just going and filming something and then having to come back and edit it in a cool way, you know, to music, right? That's kind All of right. my jam, right? Okay. And um, every time I do that, um, I like to think of it as like kind of a story. And, and for the most part, the, my favorite ones that I've ever done. It's like, I've made the video in my head well before I ever shot it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm about to go do some work for Travis Mash. Come back, like, watch. And I'm I'm telling you. And five or so, I don't know how long it'll be till I release it, but let's just say three to five months. The right. video comes out. It'll be dope. Not <laughs> to toot my own horn, but I, I hope it will be dope. I believe it. And, and this video has been made in my head many moons ago. Like, it was actually made, I, I wanted to do it for Shrugged, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's not happening anymore. So... I'm going to do it, with Travis and his team, and very it. Cool. And but this video has been made a long time ago. Right. And uh, I'll drive in my car and and I'll see this. I'll see the shots that I want, and um, and you know, then I'll just go capture that. And, and so, but I have a plan in my head, and it's very loose. It's not like a, it's not like um, it's written out like it has to be this way. Right. But you know, it's the feeling. Mm-hmm. So that you know, talking about stories, for me, it's all about the feeling. Like I want to make you feel something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Oh, man, I can go on a whole ramp, but like, you know, video now and now, nowadays, it's, um, and by no means do I want to anyone to ever think that I'm like a professional camera person. I don't claim to be that. I'm, you know, I'll learn as I go, just like anyone else. But, sure. you know, it's so easy now to go get high quality, cam- like most people's phones, like the iPhone 7, like you can do some good video with that. And like, mm-hmm. and then, but even then, if you want to go up from there, right, it's just easy to buy nice equipment and you can mm-hmm. trick people. Well, I, I want to say that lightly because that might seem rude. You can, you can, I, I'll still say it though. <laughs> you yeah. can trick people into thinking like, man, he's really good. But it's like, well, yeah, he, well, he, he just had the money to buy a nice camera. I've certainly done that. You know, people, I'm sure i trick some folks. But, you know, but then you have things like, um, you know, sliders and drones, camera drones, and all these fancy stuff, right? Right. But you watch, the, and then they have nice voiceover work. Everything looks crispy, clean. The lighting's all right. But it's just it doesn't make you feel shit. Yeah. And it's like, man, if you didn't make me feel nothing, I don't give a shit how much tricks and, and all that stuff you did. So there's something you still gotta have that piece. And um, and so yeah, I think it's all about making people feel something. Story Oop Mike McGillwick's calling me. You still hearing me? Yeah, yeah. Um let me decline his ass. All right. Go for it. Um yeah, so it's all about making them feel something. And as far as, you know, so that's kind of my my thing is for those kind of videos, I usually have it in my head and they'll just come to me like ideas, you know, and, uh, but I, I'll tell you, I eat, breathe and sleep all that shit. Like, yeah, yeah. Like that's all I can think about are those damn videos.
1: Well, dude, that, that's kind of the same thing when it comes to uh, podcasts for me is like when I think of somebody that I want to interview, I already instantly like you included, I kind of instantly know the things that I kind of want to ask and the things that I want to bring out. It's just a matter of kind of getting it down on paper. But I do spend a lot of time essentially kind of daydreaming, right? You kind of just like daydream and kind of let the ideas flow in and out. And then usually the good shit just kind of sticks. And then that's what you kind of capture on paper. So something I really like, and I'm sure so, your fans really enjoy hearing you kind of give the behind the scenes aspect with this video stuff, but with also podcasting, right? Like what goes into it. And this is something that I think I focused on for a long time too. And it was really that, you know, the shiny tactics, right? Like what microphone are you using? What, uh, what software do you use? Um, and all this kind of stuff. But the more that I got into it, the more that I realized that it's more so about trying to figure out ways on how you can improve your process right? Like really crystallize. the How can you ask better questions? Uh, how can you listen better? How can you do better follow-ups? Right, right, like, right. All those little things, right? And for me, like, you know, when I was younger, I dealt with a lot of like, you know, social anxiety and depression and things like that. And I wasn't a very good communicator. So for me, this has been kind of like six, seven years, I've been trying to work at the craft of literally just communicating better, right? And I'm still nowhere near where I want to be, but I try to kind of take all of that and and portray that in a podcast episode. And so something that I really liked from your article is, you know, focus on the love of the craft itself, right? So what's something that you wish people would kind of ask you more when it came to podcasting?
0: Mm, I like that question. Uh, Yeah, so I did just post a a blog article that you just referenced on my Blog at ctpcam.com, which has all my little points plus our gear list if you're interested in that. Um, and I think it goes back to what kind of what I was saying in that article is you know, a lot of people want to know about the gear or, or you know, how do you get guests or uh, how do you monetize it. And I really think that, and this goes for anything in life, um, if you're going to do something, do it because you love doing it. And I know that's kind of cliche and let, you know that's the dream scenario. You do something you love. But, but Chris, sometimes you got to just, you got to make, some, but true. But I'm saying if you want to do this in the long run and have success with it, the easiest way to have success with something is to love doing it. Because that love of doing it is what's going to propel you through all the shit that is about to come your way. Yeah. You're going to not know how to do this. You're going to need to figure this out. You're going to, Hate that this happened. You're, you know, problems will arise, and the only way to get through those problems is by having a love for what you're doing. And if that's absent, you're going to be the one who caves or starts complaining or you know falls off the wagon, and um, and and then you're going to get nowhere with it. So you got to have a love for the craft. So um, with podcasting, in my opinion, I, I think that comes with everything we were saying earlier, where it's like stories and conversation. Mm-hmm. So um, so my advice uh, would be. You know, if you're wanting to get into podcasting, I think the biggest thing that most people need to ask themselves is, uh, and it was one of my points, is have some self awareness because you know a lot. Not everybody needs to be doing a podcast. I, I wish I'm not saying everyone shouldn't try or mm-hmm. shouldn't put in the the effort. You know, because you could always, if you are that person with that love, you will figure it out. Yeah. That kind of goes back to that other point, but at the same time, have some self awareness, kind of like I did. I don't need to be the guy talking on the podcast. How could I? I was able to help in other ways, in ways that worked. You know, So it doesn't mean you can't be a part of a podcast, but you know, most people, I think, are asking with the intentions of being one of the speakers, right? And I don't think everyone needs to just because – so what I said in the post was like, do you have something to say? You, know, you need to have some self-awareness. Do you have something to say? Are you a good listener? Are you know, a, a, an honest listener? Are you hearing what they're saying and, and talking back? And you know, you'll always get better at that. You're never going to be perfect, right? Um, and then also are you entertaining and you know a slew of questions like that ask yourself and be honest like is that you and again not to say that you can't change and get better at those things Um, but starting with self-awareness would be good and then um, other things man would just be consistently putting in the work Um, I know I've helped Julie Foucher when she was starting her podcast I helped Brute when they were starting their podcast Danny Soul now with the mm-hmm. team Soul, you know, just various people always picking my brain, and they're they're no different. They want to know more tactical stuff, and I always tell them like the better thing to do is just be consistent because mm-hmm. most people, um, when they start podcasting, it's you know they'll do a few and then they'll just fall off the face of the planet. And uh, more specifically, is like I think one of the things that set us up for success is when we started. We picked a day, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We told everybody that we're going to do one every Wednesday. We did one every Wednesday for <laughs> however long. And then, um, and um, you know, so that's that's important. Pick a yeah. day. It, it doesn't have to be Wednesday, and it doesn't have to be once a week. Like, I think Julie picks uh, once every other week. Right. You know, um, but pick it, stick to it, you know, unless something comes up. But even try to avoid that. Film in bulk, you know, get ahead of the curve. If you have to but don't miss and then let your audience know that that's almost i mean that it sounds so simple and you're like that's not advice but most people won't fucking it's just like training man people don't want to do you know what i think you know kind of like uh with being the camera podcast guy right Mm -hmm. um and people were asking me all these questions and earlier i alluded to i still don't feel like i'm like the pro and some and honestly like even coming on this podcast i'm like what do i have to say but here's the thing man the guy. Let's make a training analogy, right? And Alex and Kurt and everybody at Struggle will tell you I'm the king of shitty analogies. <laughs> um, but let's take a training analogy. Like the guy who is doing Zumba, but he's doing it every fucking day. He never misses. He's excited to do it. Over the course of four years, the guy doing Zumba, which we can, which most people in our community would probably laugh at, or you know, you know, say hopefully you move out of that. But the guy who did that for four years versus the guy who had the best fucking awesome, you know, squat program this that or what. likely he's going to be better at mm-hmm. the end of that 4 years because this, you know, if you can't stick to it, you can't be consistent was my point. And then the yeah. guy doing Zumba is going to outdo you every time, right? Yeah. Cuz he's having fun, and he's being consistent. So
1: Right. I think that um, you, you hit on two key points there. One is uh, cliche advice. Anytime you hear something that sounds cliche or you're like, oh, I already know that or I've heard that before, like be a good listener. How many times have you heard somebody say be a good listener? But the point is if you are in that boat and you are overlooking that and you're kind of taking that advice lightly, then you're missing the bigger picture. You know what Mm -hmm. i mean like when the second that you start to overlook the uh the things that sound too simple i think that's when you're in trouble right because then you're on this you're you're on kind of like this uh (laughs) this like journey to like just uh you know get all this information you're trying to learn from all these different sources but you're not really putting any of it into practice and that's that's the one thing that i've noticed is like when you ask people questions and when they give you an honest answer and it comes down to it's very simple advice, like be consistent right. and listen. And you're like, ah, I already, I already have that in the bag. That's when you're kind of uh, in trouble. Like you really want to double down and ask yourself uh, those hard questions. The other thing was you said consistency, and I think that that's really important because what that shows is it, it shows how much love somebody truly does have for the game right is because the people who don't and the people who are in it for the monetization or whatever it might be brand awareness and all that stuff that you said uh they're going to trip up at some point you know what i mean like you're going to keep doing it but at some point if you truly don't love it you're going to trip up and if you do love it and you stick with it, uh, it it really shows. You know what I mean? Like when somebody hits your podcast, they land on your thing. They see, you know, Joe Rogan, eight hundred episodes. You're like, shit, man, that this guy's invested in this. He's uh, right. he's serious about this. This is not a game for him. You know? Yeah. So very cool.
0: I call those people in my world real pistol grippers. <laughs> yeah. So we're you know we're from Memphis, and I used to have a friend who he sold drugs. He was in one of my bands, and I'll never forget. I still say it all the time, but I'll never forget it. You know, he was kind of in that world where, you know, selling drugs. He was just selling weed. He wasn't yeah. selling hard drugs. But, um, he, you know, he he sold weed to 3-6 Mafia at the time. And, uh, <laughs> you know, those guys,
1: right? What are the odds?
0: Yeah, right? We were playing a show once, and they fucking came and bought some weed. I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> this is wild. Um, But, anyway, I'll never forget. We were chilling at his house. He goes, those them real pistol grippers. You know, because he's just some white boy from the suburbs. And, uh, so yeah, so that's that's my – I like saying that about the people who who are committed, the real motherfuckers, right? The the people who are really doing it, not the yeah. people talking it, but the people living it. You know, and that's that's what you want, you know. Right. And in my blog post, I said, um, you know, if you're one of these people who want to start a podcast, it's not bad if you want to start a podcast so you can have increase your brand awareness or do better marketing or or uh, what was the other one. Um, Monetization. Whatever. monetization it's not bad like you you know struggle would have never worked if we didn't have something sure. that we were making money off of like you got to have that but point being is you got to also do it because you love it mm-hmm. and um i just sidetracked myself from the point again
1: yeah it's just, it just can't be it's a byproduct it's it can't be the deep-rooted why behind what you're doing because right. at some point that's going to break or collapse yep yep cool. All right, man. So uh, the other thing that I really wanted to highlight on is uh, embracing the suck. You posted about that as well in that article. And it was like, look, if you want to do a podcast, you want to do a blog, you want to do a vlog, whatever it might be, uh, you're gonna be unless you're naturally gifted, you might be good, but you're gonna suck for a little while. And you have to be okay with that. And the only way to get better, like you said, is to keep showing up. And so when yeah. I look back at like my first five episodes, you know, I'm, i I'm, Not that they were terrible because it's still – I'm pretty proud of them, and I feel like people can definitely take away value from it. But when you Mm -hmm. look at – personally, when you look at your true potential – you're you're barely scratching the surface at that point. You know what I mean? Right. And it, uh, until you actually get in the arena and you're actually doing it, you know, uh, Joe Rogan says that he goes back to every single one of his podcast episodes and he listens to him, uh, listens to them because uh, that's what a professional does, right? They listen to the podcast episode, they extract kind of, okay, I said this a little bit weird. Uh, I was talking too much about myself here or whatever it might be. You pick out the points that uh, you feel like you need to work on and the next episode you immediately kind of yeah, yeah, implement yeah and fix that and that's literally what it is it's just compound effects every single session just like training you come back at it you get better and better
0: yep yeah man like um you know i i I didn't do guitar lessons or anything like that what i did was i sat in my room for years and wrote a whole bunch of shitty fucking songs yeah and and when i wrote shitty songs i didn't get discouraged i just plowed right through them and i think a lot of people you know we could I mean, it's human. Don't get me wrong. Like you, you don't want to just go in there and suck. Mm -hmm. But the the truth of the matter is, is like all the good stuff, you know, it's kind of like a, it's like pressure testing. Like, can you survive the sucking part? And if you can, then maybe this is for you. Mm -hmm. Like because, like, what sucking is going to do? And like I said in the post again, man, I keep saying that. Fuck. (laughs) Um, But like I said in there, is like the sting that will come from sucking ass is what will give you that magic power. It will will increase your. your amount of caring now, you know, you're, you're sucking. You're like fuck. Now you start caring, and if you don't start caring, then it wasn't for you anyway, and then you're on to the next thing. But if you do start caring more, <laughs> that's where the magic comes in because now you're now you're going to research. Now you're going to go fix those holes, right? Right. And that's what you want. So I think too many people get s- discouraged when they suck. They're like, oh, that sucks. I'm not good for this. It's like, you know, you know, kind of, kind of what pull back a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. don't just don't just throw in the towel. Um, and you know, see where that suck takes you, like embrace, like, yeah, embrace the suck, kind of just keep sucking because no one good ever didn't come from a place where they didn't suck at some point, even the best man, even the best, like, and, and their suck might be better than your suck, but they, you know, like even the best people are going to look back and be like, man, that sucked. So you just got to start sucking.
1: Yeah, dude. I (laughs) think it's just viewing whatever it is that you're doing, uh, trying to view it as a skill. You know what I mean? Not not a talent, but really just looking at it like this is a skill, and for any mm-hmm. skill, you have to show up day in and day out, and you have to continue chipping away at it. Yeah, um, cool. So I'll right. tell you,
0: I'll tell you real quick, uh, a yeah. movie recommendation. Like this is this is my shit. Now it's it's way uh, over the top, and it's not quite who I am, but I'd say the most accurate, you know. Because what part of what I was doing on that show was producing these guys, you know? Right. CTP stands for Chris the Producer. Chris Moore gave me that. Oh shit! Um, is
1: that what that stands for? I yeah. always wondered that, man. I'm like, what does CTP stand for?
0: Yeah, wow. yeah, okay. yeah. So he he dubbed me Chris the Producer, and like so, and and what I'd hear all, all the time from guests, you know, when they would come in, they'd be like, "Damn, I didn't realize how much you actually produced all this," you know. And um, and so I don't necessarily think what I'm about to recommend is quite me, but it's 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 the uh, closest thing I can give someone as a recommendation. You want a okay. movie recommendation? If you haven't seen Whiplash, go watch Whiplash. Whiplash. Now I'm okay. not quite the asshole. I am an <laughs> asshole. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> but uh, this movie, this guy is, is is about a jazz drummer, and then there's this teacher who's like pushing him to be better and all this, and. Uh, I really like his philosophy, so it's the philosophy. I, I'm not quite as extreme as this guy, as far as because right. he's a pretty big dick pushing the drummer kid. But go watch it, man. It's a great movie, and uh, I I really believe everything that, that it's kind of trying to represent. Maybe not quite on the scale it goes, and you'll know what I say once you watch it because yeah. it's like, Ugh. but um, man. Basically, the point being there is that um, if you want something, like how bad do you want it? And and it goes back to what I was saying earlier: pressure checking, like. A lot of what I feel like I do um, with producing is I'm pressure checking you. How much do you want this? How much do you really want this? You know, don't just tell me you want it. Don't you know, all all hat no cattle. Like, where's your cattle at, bitch? Show right. me you want this. And you know, sometimes you can. It's a it's a uh, it's a dance, right? You don't want to um, you don't want to just hurt everybody's feelings by right. being just a super dick. But, but there's something about that pressure test. Say, hey man, this is what you want. And that goes with anything, not just podcasting, but, you know, I know we're talking about that now. But, right. like, um, you know, if you end up being a producer on a podcast, you know, don't just accept every episode that, the, the, you know, those episodes, man, we threw away. And the guys did not, they were not necessarily happy. Sometimes they agreed, but sometimes they were not happy with me, like, ah, oh, he's going to make us do it again. But, you know, but that's, you know, that's kind really of part of That's really
1: cool, it. man. Uh, so being a producer, right, like, what were some of the things that you kind of – Uh, had to do like you kind of oversee it you you kind of uh put the story together i guess right like what are some of the uh, aspects of you know the role of being an actual producer like what are some of the things that you did and had to you know stay on top of
0: uh well so i would usually find the guests um especially for the first let's say first three years you know as as it got bigger you know mike would get a message and he'd send it to me but you know for the most part i'd take all these people out and uh get it going so you know that part um and then, as far as going to the actual filming of the show, so one of the things we did early on is, you know, we started, if you go back to those early 12 episodes or so, yeah. uh, we started with two cameras sitting on tripods, and it would cut back and forth, or it would be a dual screen, depending right. on which episode in the early days. And then uh, eventually, it was like, nah, you know, let's, you know, whatever. So I picked up the camera and I started walking around. And that became the thing, you know. Like I wanted to have a unique thing. I, had, I I have not seen unless it's, well, now anyway. I had not seen up to that point anyone doing that. Whereas right. just like, you know, whoever's talking, I'll, I'll just kind of walk around and I'm I'm kind of hovering. But yeah. what, what I what I did early on is I didn't want to just be camera guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I wanted to be a character on the show this way, you know. There's it, it feels so when I do. You know, look at my phone and the camera drops. It still might be annoying, but you're like, oh, well, that's just CTP. You know, you know that it's someone there actively being, you know, participating. It's not just like hired gun holding the camera. Like, what the fuck's wrong with this camera guy, right? Right. You know, but, and then um, I say that to say, so I'm walking around. So usually one guy's on camera. You know, sometimes I pull back, you see multiple people. Yeah. But so during those times, a lot of times I'm telling, I'm listening, right? Because I'm just a fan as much as anyone else is. I'm listening and I'll, sometimes i'll be pulling out my phone i'd be writing notes say hey ask this hey go this direction i give it to whoever's not on camera um sometimes i'd tell them you know give them some signals like okay next question wrap it up <laughs> but the whole time and, and that's what made that whole style of shooting fun too yeah. well hey A, I, A, I mean people will have to tell me if this is right or not but i like to what to think like it makes you feel like you're actually kind of there yeah sort of just of having course. it you know you're like oh okay because because where i'm looking aka the camera is where you would be looking if you were in the room, right? Right. You know, you would be – that that would be what, who you would turn to. Mm-hmm. So it kind of keeps you – it keeps the pace of the conversation going, I think. But then it also allowed me to kind of communicate to the fellas uh, uh, off screen without it being weird. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, a lot of times I would tell them, move to this, go to this, do this. You know, so constantly um, – I guess producing as it goes. Right. Um, what was your question, though? I think I said it for the hundredth time.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you hit on that. That's uh, some of the roles that you kind of had as a producer. But, uh, okay, so we've given people a lot of kind of, I guess, principles, right, to think about. Um, anything else that, you know, before we kind of move on to the tactics that you can think of that you want people to know?
0: Um. um, 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 um. Man, I guess those are the big ones. Uh, nothing's coming to my. I don't want to waste a lot of time thinking. So we can go ahead and move on if you want. But um, like I said, I got the blog and I'm sure any of that kind of stuff will be what I'm more likely to talk and post about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep checking in on that or, or just email me. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll answer if you got a more specific question.
1: Cool. Uh, One thing that I think that uh, I've learned over the last 22 episodes and even before that, just writing blog posts, and I think that this applies to any type of content, whether it's video, audio, written. uh, And this is one of those pieces of advice that sound cliche that I looked over for the longest time and was always like, oh, I got this dialed in, right? But I think it's a very deep understanding of your audience and who you're trying to write this for, whether it's, you know, a blog post, video, audio, it's, it's, it's having that empathy of being in their shoes and seeing it through their lens. I think that that is one of the most valuable pieces of advice that was given to me, uh, that I kind of overlooked for a while, but as soon as you really start implementing that and, and, and I guess an easy way to, uh, do this, you, you posted this on your Instagram the other day, like, Hey guys, what do you want? what questions do you have for me? What do you want to know, right? Right. Because there is a massive difference between what I think that you want to know and what people actually want to know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and, And so that direct you know, questioning and conversation with your market, whoever that might be, uh, that needs to be a staple. If you're a podcaster, whatever you're doing, I think even if you're a coach or you're running any type of business is continually uh, asking questions from people who are directly, you know, in your market and really yeah, for sure. noticing the themes, not just like, Taking surface level answers like, "Oh yeah, I want to learn about strict handstand push-ups." Well, why, yeah, because that why? can be
0: deceiving too. Yeah,
1: it's like, why do you want to learn about strict handstand push-ups? You know, pill the, you,
0: you, pill the onion.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, all right. Now that we're done with that, let's go well, on. I to think this I sh- think
0: I also lucked out in that regard too, because as the guy producing the show, holding the camp, doing all those things, you know, I was writing the emails, running the social medias, all you know, doing more stuff than just filming the show. Right. Um, and I think I lucked out in the fact that I was equally a fan. I, w- I wasn't just part of the team. Like, I was just as much a fan as anyone else who was listening to the podcast. Like, so it just it was right. like a fan was in charge of it, right? So yeah. I think that helped because I was right there with, I guess I'll say you guys, you know?
1: Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So you got to know your customer or your market, your client, whatever, uh, your listener, better than they even know themselves, right?
0: Not cool. too well you don't want to get creepy now
1: yeah all right so uh the one question i actually have before we move on to the tactics is you got to hang out with tim ferris right when you guys did an episode you got to go over his house i saw you post a picture about that tell me what what you walked away like what were you thinking when you walked away from that experience Hmm. you learn anything that was kind of like holy shit like i just hung out with tim ferris
0: well, actually, you know what? The coolest thing for me about the Tim thing was that, you know, we, he, he got in contact with us. was like, hey, you I know, like what you guys are doing. Let's let's hook up. I was like, hell yeah. So he called. And I remember being like, holy shit, Tim Ferriss is, you know, it's cool yeah. because um, one of the first books that I think Doug, maybe Doug, yeah, Doug recommended to me when I was interning at Faction was check out four-hour work week. And man, I, man. I remember exactly where I was. I was at a Starbucks, like just chilling, reading it. And I almost read most of it right there, I guess. And, um, and it got, you know, it's the first thing that I remember that got my brain going, like about business and stuff. And this was, so we had started the show. No, I don't think we had started the show. And if we had, we definitely hadn't spun it into a business yet. And so it was the first thing that kind of got me thinking business and, and, all, and all that kind of stuff. And then so to have gone from that to then end up meeting him and, and it, it all come full circle, like him being a fan or whatever of us or knowing of us and right. reaching out. And then inviting us to his house in Malibu was just like what is you know (laughs) so that was kind of just cool on a whatever level but the I I think the coolest part for me was when we got there I got to help Tim and uh, so that was a little more rewarding because it's like you know he's he's given us you know uh, stuff and in form of advice and books, and sure. then later the podcast and, and, and blog posts and all that kind of stuff. So when we got there, uh, he had some podcast questions that, you know, I, I, he was like, oh, I didn't, I hadn't thought about that, and he asked me stuff about video and, and posting to YouTube, and, like, I think I blew his mind with, with a couple of things, and he was like, oh, shit. And then we, we ended up sending a few texts back and forth after the show uh, he called me once again, you know, yeah, we kept yeah. in, in contact, and actually, uh, he had an interview with Tony Robbins, and I was listening to it one day, I was like, this sounds like shit, so I fixed it up, sent it to him, oh, and nice. that, he reposted it with the better audio, and um, so it was just cool to be able to help someone who's yeah. kind of helped you, even though, you know, just books and stuff like that, it still helped, right. so stuff, I think, man. for me, that's kind of what was fun, but yeah, getting to go and hang out at his house was cool, um, It's right. it was right there on the wall, it was just kind of like, why are we here, what are we doing, you know, <laughs> yeah, what happened how did it really happen you know kind of like giggity little girls like how did when we left we were like oh (laughs) why did this just
2: happen
1: that's awesome man all right so let's uh let's dig into uh what do you feel like when it comes to let's say i guess video editing what are some essentials in terms of like equipment right like you obviously have a laptop is there any software you're using like what are some staples or bare minimum i guess that people kind of need to get started
0: Okay, so uh, my, my advice, well, I'll tell you what I used, i tell you tell you what I have used, and then um, what I'm using currently, but really the answer is just whatever the fuck you have available to you that is not an obstacle, just go ahead and dive in, you can always get uh, better later. But here's the thing, no one wants to hear that. Even when I was playing yeah. guitar, everyone was like, what well, guitar? And I'd be like, just get some bullshit starter guitar, and they'd be like, no, nah, I want the Les Paul, ba-. you know, there's something about the human, you just... And maybe there's something to that, man. Maybe there's something to, like, if I invest in this Les Paul, it's expensive, it'll you know, but don't bank on that. Do them both. Right. Just get started is the point. So if you have iMovie, which most people have Apple products, I, I, I think, um, uh, if you have iMovie, man, just start playing. Mm-hmm. Just because you just got to, it's just kind of like, um, it'd be like if I told you don't, don't play soccer until you get an official soccer ball an official goal. It's like, no, man. If you have a kickball and trees, just go play and see if you like the game. Right. Because you might not even like the game. And then who who cares if you have the right ball and the right goal if you if the game sucks? Yeah. So just get started, see if you if you like it. See, take what's available. But iMovie is a good start. It's it's very easy to use. I I don't use that. I have um, the next thing I tried was Final Cut Pro, which is also it's basically Apple's. Next Level Up, like a, a pro editing thing. Mm-hmm. I use that for um, maybe the first episode or two, and then I immediately switch to um, Adobe Premiere. Okay. So right now, currently, I'm using Adobe Premiere's Creative Cloud Suite. So you pay 40, 30 or 40 bucks a month, mm-hmm. and you get access to every single app that they have. So that's Photoshop is the big one, um, Premiere, which is video editing, and the other one I use a lot is Edition. That's how I record my podcast. That's how okay. I record a truck. So those three apps I got uh, for 40 bucks a month. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a good deal if you're going to use them. And uh, so that's what I use. And there's plenty of tutorials on that stuff. Uh, but really, it's just, man, it's just get in there and just start playing with it. Yeah. Um,
1: iMovie even, man. Like, I remember the first time I tried to edit a video by myself. Oh, my gosh. Like, I must have spent, like, 30 45 minutes maybe even an hour just literally tinking around with stuff and and figuring out how to use it um Mm -hmm. and 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 now looking back at it like i'm not like amazing at it or anything but i can definitely like if i wanted to make a video right now i can go in and i can put together something that will do the job right but yeah you're right it takes a lot of playing around with and it's one of those things like you're now using after years and years or whatever uh adobe premiere and things like that but that's not what you were using when you first started the game right you were using iMovie so that's i guess a key point to keep in mind is is start with the absolute bare minimum how about podcasting equipment
0: um podcasting equipment so yeah we we started as simple as we could in the early days um like i said when chris and mike when we were just tinkering with the idea which is where most people will be the idea of doing this not like hey we're all in let's go for it but just the idea like hey maybe I could do this like all we had was just some shitty yeti blue mic I think is what they're called okay um, it's just a standalone mic you can just set on a table uh, and they used that and then then w- that's what we also used for those uStream junts and then it was like okay and then once we kind of like that that's like that started like November 2011 and now it's probably at that point by by January January of 2012 we were kind of like all right well we know we want to do this now like right. we're we're having fun, this is awesome, let's go invest in some nicer equipment. Now, we didn't go for creme de la creme, we just went for, um, you know...
1: The next level, the next The step next up.
0: level, right, so we went to Guitar Center, and we just, you know, because I came from a music background, I knew, I knew kind of some stuff, and so we just got some very basic cheap microphones, um, and... Uh, these were the kind that you had to put on like a mic stand. Well, that's what we did anyway. You could hold them if you want. I know, I think Wadcast does that. Oh, um,
1: yeah. I'm doing that right now, too, with this thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, nothing wrong with that. Um, but we had mic stands. So we had the mics. They were, you know, the, I think, I want to say they were like 100 bucks or 80 bucks a piece. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're not, you know, they're yeah. not fancy, right? They're just, they got the job done. Mm-hmm. And then we plugged all that into a um, USB uh, mixer. Um, w- pretty much the one that I linked to in this blog post. I've been talking about S- yeah. same same one, really. It's just upgraded over the years, right? Um, and the same brand or whatever. And it's a four channel mixer, so you plug in your your mics there, and then we had a headphone um, uh, monitor. So basically, we could all hear ourselves because mm-hmm. you got the headphones on, or yeah. So you plug in the headphones, so you can hear yourself, so you kind of block out the background noise. And then also a, th- a good thing, a lot of people might podcast without the headphones and something that I think the headphones does that you might not think it would, you know, just if you've never done it, mm-hmm. is it really helps prevent people talking over each other. Because if you're, if you're, if we're all standing here and we don't have headphones on, like, yeah, I hear you and I know I'm talking over you, but it's hella apparent when it's like, like they're, you, they're right here and you're <laughs> right. still, t- it's like, you know, so it kind of almost like eases that problem down, you know, right. says so, you know, um, uh, so, yeah, then we had the headphone mixer and then then plugged into a laptop where we recorded on GarageBand for a while, the free recording app on Apple, and then eventually to Adobe Audition.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so – and you guys were from the very beginning doing in-person podcasts, right?
0: Yep. Oh, man. That just – that is a – I'll write a blog post about that.
1: What, yeah. in-person podcasts?
0: In-person podcasts. I'm all about that shit. Like, yeah. see, But here's the thing. You would never be... We, we could... Like, dude, do you know how many interviews we missed because we weren't a Skype podcast? A 1,000 and fucking 200 million. Yeah. We could have done everybody. We could have had everybody... Like, I mean, it's, you know, whatever. But right. And there's nothing wrong with them. I listen to podcasts that do Skype. I'm talking to you now on Skype. I don't yeah. have anything wrong with it. But man, I I put a rule in early on. Like, we're not doing Skype podcasts. We're doing in-person because and, and like I said, we had to we, we missed a lot of potential guests that way. Yeah. But when we got there, you know, I like that you wanted to do video so we could see each other, but when right. we got there, dude, the reason some of these were probably so good is because we got to hang out with these people, we trained yeah. with them, we talked shit, we got to eat lunch with them, and then we get on the sh- you know, it's more human. Mm-hmm. And like there's something to it that you just and, and then on top of that, like with, with Skype too, it's like you, you, you kinda like especially Maybe not, They've kind of fixed their game now, but back in 2012, 13, it was like there was like internet delays. Like you know, yeah. like you talk, and it'd be like you kind of have this awkward like, kind of like we were on walkie-talkies. Like right. you'd have to like wait to make sure that they were done, you know. And it just kind of doesn't set itself up for like a natural, fun conversation. Mm-hmm. And so even if you're the best storyteller conversation person, it's the art is lost because you're on this weird medium. But right. um, I mean, some of that's fixed because we're not having that issue now. But yeah. definitely was back then. Um but yeah, I think in person is huge. huge. I totally if, And if you can do it, do it. And if you can't, don't let that stop you. Yeah. Like just get going. So but man, when you can, do it.
1: Right. That's that's exactly what I was gonna say is like so for me, I I want to I haven't done an in person podcast yet, but I know yeah. for me the next level is being yeah. able to do in person, right? Oh, it's yeah. being able to travel around and fucking like just hang out with people for a couple hours and and do a kind of what you were just saying now. And then who knows, maybe the next level after that is having like – You know, your own little studio kind of like Joe Rogan has and having people come visit you and shit like that. So for me, it was all about kind of breaking through, you know, that first barrier or whatever, which is why I feel like I kind of started with the Skype. But uh, here's the piece of advice that Mike Caju from Brute Strength gave me. uh, The homie Mike. Yeah, the fourth episode, um, he was like, do video. Whenever you possibly can, like it just it makes such a huge difference with, uh, I guess the connection that you have. Like you said, it makes it a little more human. Because I think Mm -hmm. the first three episodes, I was so fucking scared, man. That like, and I still get butterflies before every episode. But like, I was so scared the first three episodes that like, I think we may have had video for the guests, but like, I was. I was just on audio you know what I mean like yep. so it was definitely as soon as I started implementing that advice made a huge difference just because right. when you can see me and I can see you uh, you know like I said there's there's not much that can kind of replace that aspect
0: but oh um, yeah because it's huge because yeah I think that's it because if we were Skyping right now like I can see when you like body language and everything I can see when you're about to be done talking
1: yeah and yeah. so I'm not
0: gonna interrupt you as much and, and it's just weird and if um, you're
1: if you're looking to do like if you're looking to invite more than one guest on, at a time and you're not doing video you're kind of screwed you know yeah. what i mean like it becomes very awkward like yeah who's talking and like you're kind of talking all over each other it's a headache
0: that's so funny because now that now, now that you brought that up the in-person thing it's like it's almost like a over the years it was kind of like uh I don't want to say my best kept secret, but it's kind of like I didn't want to go, you know, the, the, the guy who wants to reign supreme in me. Like, I, first of all, I'm, a, I'm an abundance mentality guy. I think there's enough for everybody to go around. You know, mm-hmm. abun- if you've heard people talk about abundance versus scarcity mindset, right. like, you know, I think truly there's enough for everybody. you know, hey, Brute, brute Podcast, I'll help you come, come in the game. You know,
2: yep.
0: there's enough for everybody. Like, there can't be too many training podcasts, in my opinion. Well, well maybe there's. There can be, but but even though I'm abundance mentality, that does not mean I don't want to kick your fucking ass. Yeah. Like, like I'll help the homies set up the podcast, but at the end of the day, I want barbell Sh- or I wanted barbell Shrug to be at the top of that damn list, and it, and it was, and, and like it didn't change the fact. So right. I can have an abundance mentality, but I still want to whoop your ass. Yeah. Um. And so that was kind of like my little my my little secret was like I didn't want to tell too many people to not do this. Keep keep on with your Skype podcast right. because I I know that the magic is in the in person. But to Doug, you know that's why you need a Doug Larson on your team. You need a guy who really does you know care about the business side and and is kind of like a business gang. You know he he that's where his passion is is like learning business. And without Doug being right. that guy, you know we wouldn't have been able to afford to hit the road or yeah. or you know go on those trips. And so. I really think we have the perfect little team there. And so if you can, you know, it's all about the team, you know, Definitely, find, find your team and, and make it happen. And if you can't do it in person, do it.
1: Yeah. Uh, and oh, yeah, kind of what I was getting at with that was uh, I'll, I'll give you a breakdown of literally what I'm using right now. And it's not very impressive, but I have a laptop right now that I spilled coffee on my keyboard. So my keyboard doesn't work. There's a couple <laughs> keys that don't work. Hold on, so my I dog's
0: have... eating books. Hold on. Hold
1: on. Oh, yeah. Let's watch. Let's see.
0: <laughs> all right. Now he's done. He's done. Hey, come here. Come on, Ruff. All right. You're good. Sorry to interrupt you. You're good.
1: Um, and I need to grab my charger anyways. All right. No, but um, I have a keyboard right now that doesn't work, right? That's on my computer. My memory is, like, pretty shot. So, like, pretty much when we're recording these, I'm always afraid that, like, I'm going to run out of memory or something like that, and we're not going to be able to save the episode. So that's one thing going on. The mic that I'm using is Audio-Technica. This was uh, – I think if you look up the – Gear that Tim Ferriss uses. This yeah. is one of the mics that he recommends. Uh, he said that using, you know, a handheld mic uh, for whatever reason was one of his favorites. Making the guest hold it, it just kind of uh, helped them from like talking directly into the mic and like being too loud. I guess I don't know. Yeah. So there's that. I'm using. Oh, Beats. that is a
0: huge problem. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I'm using Beats headphones and call recorder for Skype, and uh, that's it, dude. I think GarageBand to like edit afterwards but I don't really do much editing I try to keep it as candid as possible um but that's it man that's literally all I'm using nothing fancy
0: yeah 20 something episodes in and you've I I looked at who you had on I was like why the fuck are you having me on like you you're doing (laughs) pretty good
1: yeah and so I mean it's it's just about getting your foot in the door getting in the game and just uh you know I think Tim Ferriss even says this is like even if you have no intention of like continuing to do this, trying to do three to six episodes will teach you a lot about you know yourself and kind of what you're good at, what you're not. Like you, you'll learn, uh, you'll learn a, a lot from just that experience alone, from just doing those first three to six episodes. Yeah, so yeah. Well, that's in about game.
0: where I ended during Shrugs' career. I, I started. a a show called Branding Supreme with CTP. I did about three episodes, and then I was like, I'm spending too much time doing this thing that only serves me, so I need to get back to hustling for the, the team, you know? Right, it was right. fun. I had Carl uh, Pally on, uh, Julie Fouché, and then Lindy Barber.
1: Yeah, I heard the one with uh, Julie Fouché. So uh, let me – okay, so let's see here. Let's go into a couple rapid-fire questions, my version of rapid-fire. Okay, so <laughs> if I gave you a couple billion dollars, okay, and I gave you a staff of 40 people, okay? So these 40 people are the top thinkers in whatever it is that you're recruiting them for, right? So you've got a pretty elite staff around you. You've got a couple billion dollars, and you wanted to use that to make some type of change. Uh, what would you do with it?
0: Okay, okay. I, I got an answer for you. I would yeah. do exactly what I did, like like Barbell Strug, you know? Okay. Like, I would I would do that. That's what what I'm into. You know, yeah. former fat former fat kid who was never interested in training. You know, I got inspired by the 2009 CrossFit Games and just some video I happened to stream, whatever that I happened to come upon that radically changed how I thought about things and got me going. And I hope barbell and people have told me, but I hope that that's what barbell shrug did. Is that there's some some kid? You know, it's it's nice that the athletes and like people who are like already in shape, listen to Shrug. That's cool too. I, I like those people. High five. But what I really like is when like some guy who just like me was eating the raviolis is just like he just wants to learn about fitness, get interested, and he the the way to do that is to be entertained, man. Like no one wants to just be like watching this is how you get in shape. I mean there's a place for that. I'm not gonna yeah. shit on it, but I know like if I can entertain you into liking fitness, into if I can entertain you into going into a gym for your first time, if I can entertain you to be consistent, dude, that's all. That's all I ever want to do. So, um, that's what I'll continue to do. Um, so, if you gave me a billion dollars and, and the forty talented people, um, I would probably do that again somehow, some way. And then maybe um, a
2: larger scale of that.
0: I'd probably fire those forty people and hire my my actual friends. Yeah. because um, to me, man, that's 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 what it is like. You know, I like that Shrugged, everything I just said, I like. It's a cool byproduct, in my opinion. It's uh-huh. a cool byproduct that we get to help so many people. Like, you know, I get messages, and that's cool. And like when we're at the airport, people come up, man, you've impacted, you know, all this, you know, that kind of, the praise. And I right. love that. It's really cool to hear. But my shit is coming together with people I love and care about and making a thing.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and if coming together with my crew and my team can then also be something that helps people, then all the better. Cuz right. I mean, you know, you know the whole like be the change you want to see in the world. Well, if you if you can't help you and then the people nearest you, then who gives a fuck if you're helping the guy on the internet? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't mean to discredit that. I like right. that we are, but man, you know, it starts with that team. So, like I said, I would I would take that money, uh I would fire those 40 people. I would hire people that I actually know and care about and uh and i do the damn thing, come together to make a thing, as Chris Moore would say.
1: Good stuff, man. All right, now let's say that you're still a billionaire, right? And you can give two to three books to everybody in the nation. What What would you give?
0: Uh, well, I would give Get Change, Chris Moore's book. Um, well, shit, take them all. Okay. Two to three books. Well, there you go. That's three books. Um, <laughs> but yeah, especially Get Change. That is a cool book um, for your audience who might not know who I am or who Shugged is. Basically, uh, Chris Moore was one of the hosts uh, for – the first two hundred episodes, uh, he passed away about six months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, some heart failure, but you know he's my best friend and uh, dude. Uh, I, you know I only knew him while we were doing drugs. It's not like I've known this guy my whole life, but he he had you know he he was a personality. And um, that book, Get Changed, go check it out. Um, if you are someone who's kind of like wanting to do something, you feel like you're meant to do something better, but you kind of feel trapped in this box of a Mm -hmm. regular old nine-to-five life this dude that book is his it's literally he started writing it as he was going through this transition and that transition was going from cushy corporate job chris made like chris made good money like he wasn't a billionaire but he made like he had a family had a wife he had a kid and he uh, second kid was on the way right Right. and he lived in a three-story house that you know very, very comfortable, all the benefits, like cushy job, right yeah, and and he said, "Fuck it to come do shrugged full time, right yeah, and um and that's what that book is about the all the fear that goes into saying, hey, I want to do a thing, and I want to make it my thing, you know, so I think that's a really great book um you can buy it on barbellbuddha.com dot com um right now, there's a special um Hold on. Or they're not going to see this. I was going to hold it up, yeah. but they don't see the video. Um, there's a special hardback uh, version that has all three of his books. Um, and then after those sell out, um, then we'll put it on paperback. Uh, and then after that, we'll it'll, it'll sell. you'll be able to buy it as long as we can keep selling it. Gotcha. Um, but that's kind of what we have planned for now. But go um, that has all three of his books, so I'd recommend that. Okay. Um, the other books I would recommend, ooh, let me think. Um, I'm looking at my books right now. Uh you know, you always want to say something that like, yeah, that that, that you know that right. represents you know, you always want to pick something cooler than maybe what it actually is. Um uh, I'll say um Phil Jackson's book I really like. Oh shit. Um, is that uh the shoe Eleven Dogs? Rings?
1: Oh, okay, never mind. F- wait, Phil Shoe Knight. Dog is Phil Knight. That is, right? Okay. Yeah, I
0: read that one too. That one's cool.
1: Oh, I haven't gotten on I've always been meaning to read that one. I don't know why I keep forgetting about it. But okay, what was that one? It's you just cool. said 11 rings?
0: Yeah, Phil Jackson, 11 rings. He was the coach for uh, the Chicago Bulls for their six rings six, with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, mm-hmm. Dennis Rodman, you know the drill. And then, um, then also he did it again with Kobe and Shaq in L.A., right? So right. he has 11 rings total. He actually was a player, uh, if you ever see on my Instagram, I'm wearing a New York jersey. I'm not a New York fan. Grizz fan all the way. <laughs> Grit, grind, represent. Uh, but what's funny is I have, I have a throwback Phil Jackson New York jersey, and I was actually uh, at a restaurant once waiting to be seated. And, and then a Grizzlies player was waiting to be seated, like, you know, hey, he's here. Right. And then both waited to see, and he gets his seat first. But at right before he goes to to seat, he walks up to me. He goes like this. He pinches my my jersey, like kind of like pulls it, like yeah. pulls it off the chest a little bit. And he goes, "Put a Grizzlies jersey on." I was like, <laughs> "I was like I wanted to turn around and be like, but it's a throw." Because New York hasn't changed their look, or at the you know, well, sometimes it looks similar, so it, didn't, right. it wasn't obvious. It was throwback. And he was like, "I wanted to be like, but it's a Phil Jackson throwback, <laughs> you know." So anyway, but um, that book though is cool because he's teaching leadership. He's teaching business. Um, you know the same old shit that all these fucking books say. That's another thing I can go on, yeah. but it's cool because he's teaching it with stories, right? right. Yeah. Going back to what we said, and you'll expect, if you if you're not into basketball and you weren't a Michael Jordan fan, you know, if you're if you were, then this is the book for you times a million. If you're trying to start a business, you're interested in in that kind of stuff, and you followed that stuff, man. This is the book for you. And if not, you still might get something out of it, but. I'd say that one, but then so I'll put that as my recommendations. Chris's books, then that one. Um, Alan Watts's personal biography book is all over the place, and I fucking love it. It's just a shit show of just not making any sense, but making all the sense, and I love that. Um, and uh, but anyway, but I'll, I'll give you this little caveat: books I, I've come to think of is it's it's. Um, don't get books are really just kind of a, treat them as a roadmap, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and you can only read so many because they're all really saying the same shit. And if you're if you're the guy, they're really just a uh, procrastination, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of ways. It gets it makes you feel good, like oh, I'm gonna read this thing and it's gonna be the thing that the. But really, it's just procrast. You know what you need to do most of the times, mm-hmm. most of the time. So there's the there's the exceptions, but most of the times you just want that confirmation bias. You want to read something that makes you feel good and. There's something to be said about that. But, however, at some point, I see this a lot. It's like, stop reading the fucking books and just go do what you know you need to do. Same can be said of the athlete, you know, going to too many seminars and not, you know, show up to the gym, man. Just train a little bit, then right. go to another seminar. So, I mean, it, it's cool to have your books and all that, and all that, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, they should be looked at as a roadmap, you know? Because yeah. I think most. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, sorry. What are you saying? I, I was just going to say. Uh, I did a little experiment a while back, probably over a year ago. I did I read a book a day. Okay, I did that for 90 Damn. days and I wanted to see, you know, what what the hell would happen, right? And every day it was um not a different book every single day, like pretty much the idea behind it was you want to find, you want to accumulate a library that is of the most impactful and favorite books that actually make a difference for you. So you're phasing things that you don't enjoy, you don't get use out of, you're phasing them out, right? And so Mm -hmm. you're left with these core type of books. And a lot of time when we think of books, we think of them as like a one and done thing, right? Like you read it and you never really come back to it. But this is more like you come to it when you need it, and when it's yeah. relevant to whatever problem you're trying to solve, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so yeah. here's here's the thing that I noticed, right? So you do that every single day, uh, did it for 90 days, and pretty much after that I stopped because what I realized was like you almost get addicted to this like – information uh i don't know what to what do you call it like you're literally just kind of like consuming all this information and that's all you're doing and and the action just isn't there so pretty much i think i shut that off for a while and literally just everything that i learned i tried to fucking just do for the next three months right as a yeah so pretty much the idea behind that was like once i did that though i also noticed that i also didn't feel there was this sense of, like, learning that I wasn't getting because I cut it out completely, right? Yeah. So uh, you yeah. had to, you have to find that balance for you and know that. Sure, sure, And, of course,
0: you're... what we're saying now is mostly for nonfiction. Fiction's a little yeah. different. You can right. dive into that, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, sorry, but, so
1: what were you saying before I cut you off? No, no, something
0: Chris, uh, you, you got me thinking now. Uh, Chris would say, Chris Moore would say, is, uh, and I really love this point. He's like, man, you go buy a book. You don't have to read the whole fucking thing if you, you know... If you get if you get halfway through it and you're like, man, this isn't what I wanted or this sucks, like don't yeah. feel like just because you bought the damn thing, like get what you got out of it and move on. Like, you know, life's too short to just feel like you have to read the whole book. That was something that you said a minute ago that made me want to say that. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, but yeah, I, what I was going to say was like treat these books, the nonfiction stuff especially, as more of like a roadmap, like because they're teaching you things, and most of it is shit you already know you need to be doing, and um, you know. Uh, I guess a lot of times, advice, books, any of that, seminars, a lot of what they're doing, I'm kind of getting on a new topic here, but a lot of what they're doing is giving you advice. So, you, you know, so quote unquote, you don't make the same mistakes I did. Mm-hmm. The more life goes on, man, I think, no, no fuck that. Earn your mistakes. Uh, who says that? I feel like I just stole that from somebody. Earn your mistakes. Maybe Dave Tate or something like that. Okay. But, uh, but um, yeah, you got to like, um, the mistakes are where it's at, man. And yeah. not the mistake. Hold on, let me let me uh, reclarify. Learning from that mistake is where it's at,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but you got to have actually made the mistake. Now, there's some mistakes in life you don't want to make. I don't want to accident. I don't want to have to murder someone to learn that I don't need to to yeah. kill someone. You know, and you could take that down those kind of roads. But a lot of things, like especially if it's something you care about, like if it's podcasting or training, like you know, of course I don't want to break my back. Like I don't want to do that. But Sometimes like I, I hurt my foot early, uh, earlier this year, and that upped my level of caring, about, you know so sometimes you know get get your mistakes and learn from them and treat these books and the advice and the seminars and stuff uh, as more as, as like a a roadmap on how to navigate your mistakes when you make them because it is really the mistake that's gonna like be the the thing that has the magic, you know that increases your level of caring. So you don't want to really avoid the mistakes. Mm-hmm. so and how do you not avoid mistakes? Is by getting out there and doing, you know, mm-hmm. you not just reading all the time, not just going to seminars all the time, not just taking more and more and more in. Go in there and do, 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 do. Make up a make a mistake because that will happen. That's we're human. That's going right. to happen. You're not going to avoid that. And then hopefully some shit that you read somewhere, kind of. Oh, that's what that's what I was. Te- he was telling. He yeah. warned me about this, and now you now you have a better insight on kind of like a big brother, like okay, he, someone who cared about you, who's going to show you, you know, okay, now that you've done that, here's kind of whatever. Man, I don't feel like I'm making any sense. I hope someone's getting something out of this.
1: That's a really, uh, really important point that I think we, (coughs) we we encourage reading on this show, right? Like a lot of audiobooks and shit like that. But I think that that is a point that we definitely need to make is like, and I think I did it on the solo podcast that I did like two episodes ago, but it was pretty much that it it has to be coupled with action. And and I've tried this myself. And I know when you go down that rabbit hole of just (coughs) consumption (coughs) Like, you'll know it. You know what I mean? You're hiding from yeah. doing the work that actually matters. Yeah. So uh, good thing that we touched on that. And the other thing, I Goes think. Goes back we, to self-awareness. Definitely. To
0: be able to say, hey, man, I'm, right now, I am." when you're about to buy that other book, ask yourself, am I buying this because, it's got, you know, because I need to? Or do I already know what the fuck I need to be doing and I'm just looking for this to tell me again?
1: Yeah it's just taking that cliche, you know, the advice that sounds cliche and seeing it with a different lens, depending on, you know, whatever it is you're solving. Yep. Good stuff, man. All right. Well, uh, let's see what, uh, where can we support you, man? Like where can we point people to? How can we support your journey?
0: Yeah. So, uh, no longer with shrugged, um, but I'm going to be doing my own stuff. So I set up a ctpcam.com where I will have, uh, already have my first blog post that we've referenced 100,000 times now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, in that post, I give some advice. So if you're trying to podcast, um, uh, you know, go go read those tips. Um, hopefully they help. And then also in that same post is a gear list for what Shrugged used. So if you're curious on what Shrug was using, uh, I, I put the links in there and everything. Um, and then also on that site, I'm going to have just my new videos. So you can always go watch my old work on the Shrugged YouTube channel. Um, I want to make it clear though that whatever's happening now is not me. So, um, right. i keep getting messages about this, that, and that is not. That's not me. So, uh, but all my old work is on there, um, and uh, there's there's a section called if you go to the, if if they keep it the same, uh, CTP cams, where it's like my artsy videos and behind the scenes videos, and those are my favorite stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be adding new stuff to my site. So right now, I, d- I got a, my first video up, which is got a vlog. And then I also got a, a video I did for a CrossFit gym, um, that we uh, CrossFit Hidden Run, where we filmed barbell shrug when it was back here in Memphis. It's the one that had the big gun
2: gotcha. on, the,
0: on the wall. So I filmed something for them. Uh, did it to a, the Queen song Bicycle. It's just people on the assault bike. So you know, nice. that, that's the kind of stuff I like doing, just for the fun of it. Wasn't yeah. paid. Just having fun. And uh, So look for more of those. Um, I'm about to do freelance work. for seems like as soon as I announced I wasn't with Shrugged, everybody hit me up, which is really cool, but it's kind of a hard problem to have because it's like, oh, I want to work. You know, So <laughs> yeah. don't be surprised to see me doing some work with Tate Fletcher soon uh, from Caveman Coffee, uh, Travis Mash from you know right. best weightlifting team in the world right now, um, Christmas Abbott, uh, Training Think Tank, where McGee's at yeah. currently. Um, so, Zach strength ratio I know he was on your show yeah. so I'm going to be all over the place and uh, hopefully I'll, you'll see me do more stuff with more people but all that stuff whatever I end up doing hopefully you can find on my site or I'll be talking about it there um, and then I'm on Instagram CTPCam, Twitter you can follow me on there but I mean I'll go there just when I'm really fucking bored <laughs> I'm taking a really long dump then I'll open Twitter Um, and Facebook of course I, I just set up like a Man, it's so weird. Like, I I didn't ever have to have like a personal brand. I almost don't like it. I yeah. just, I, I'm so team oriented. I don't like the me 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 stuff. But basically, right now, um, I'll I'll say this just because it is helping. Um, if you're listening to this kind of when it comes out recently, mm-hmm. um, right now I'm still going through like legal stuff with Shrug, trying to sell my shares and get out of that that whole deal. And so right now I'm not making any money except for the freelance work I'm taking. So I did set up a shop on my website. We can buy some shirts that just say "Rain Supreme" and "Pimpin' just little. Oh
1: stuff. yeah, that's my favorite. One line. of them,
0: one of them is a design that Chris Moore made for me, which is really special for me. Um, he actually made my glasses logo too. Nice. Um, but uh, I just set those up, and if you want to buy a shirt, that does help support me. You know, make sure that I always have a little cash in the bank. You know, it's not going to support my entire life, but it is helping. So right. if you're listening to this and you have bought a shirt, fucking thank you. And if you will buy a shirt in the future, I appreciate that too. So, but that's kind of what I got going on, man.
1: Good stuff, man. So that's really exciting. You're doing more freelance work. Uh, so now, you know, can gym owners or you know people who are interested in maybe you know getting you to edit videos or, or uh, just kind of you know inquiring about collaborating with you is that is that something you're putting out there? Like, can people do that?
0: Yeah. So right now I'm kind of booked up um, with all the people I just mentioned, mm-hmm. um, and I'm still waiting for this legal stuff to to. Sure get off my plate, so to speak, before I really start diving in. But I did put on my website, if you want to email me, my email address is on there, just subject line collaborate. Um, I have a feeling, I'll be honest, right now a lot of the responses that I'll probably likely have to give will be like, hey, I'm pretty t- you're tied up right now, but as I get these jobs knocked out, I will need more jobs, right? So yeah. um, feel free to shoot me an email and we can definitely talk because I don't know where the future will take me. And I'm always game to uh, hear you out. Or offer advice. Um, you know, a lot of people have been asking just for you know, hey, can you consult? Like, man, maybe I'm dumb. Maybe I should charge for consulting. But man, I just think advice is free, and I'm I'm happy to give it. Um, so if you if you're one of these people who just rather talk, like if I have the time, like I will talk to you. And if I don't have the time, I'll just try to help you out when I do. But right. um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do no consulting or anything like that, They're not paid anyway. But right. um, so yeah, if you got questions, just hit me up, man.
2: Good stuff, um, man. I'll
0: tell you, I'll tell you this. If if you're listening to this, I prefer not to have a Facebook message. Like okay. for some reason I like Instagram I'm pretty good on. Um, and then email for sure, but like, man, something about those Facebook messages—I just, I, I can't stand that they can see when you've seen. Ah, yeah, just, you're right, dude. Man, I don't like that either. I, I hate it, and not because I don't want to answer you, but it's just because sometimes I'm doing shit, and then yeah. I accidentally click it, and now you've seen it. And now it looks like I'm a dick because yep. I didn't answer. You. It's like, no, man, I was doing something, and I just happened—your thing just happened to come up, and now, I, you know. So I prefer not to do that. I try to stay off the Facebook message. I right. will answer. You. Just, just be cool if it's not right away.
1: Yeah good stuff, man. Well, you know, good luck with, you know, everything you're doing. I can only see it leading to bigger and better things, man. You're, you're on the right track. You're helping some awesome people. And I'm pretty excited to keep seeing what other work you put out there. Um, and yeah, man, I want to thank you for, you know, being fucking uh, vulnerable, having a conversation with me on this. That's one thing that, you know, uh, I've been trying to improve since, you know, day one, and I'm still continually trying to improve that is, like you said, not making it an interview, but making it more of a conversation, right? Just yeah. shooting the shit. We're just talking um, and, and and having that Joe Rogan flair to it. You know, I'm not there sure. yet. I'm not Joe Rogan, but it's something I'm definitely striving towards. And I think uh, this episode was a great way to uh, kind of capture that.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, and let me backtrack on that a little bit. When I, when you interview, you got to have questions. You can't, you, you also don't want to be the guy who just, uh, I, I got nowhere to go. Like <laughs> So it's not just all conversations, but... The point being, like, uh, if you got a pendulum, swing it, swing it a little more towards the conversation way. But you know, have your question, like you said, you were daydreaming about, it, so you were already golden. You know, right. you already kind of knew where you wanted to go. But uh, yeah, the point being, just don't be like nerdy. Uh, so tell me, Steve, uh, blah, blah blah, and then like you just hold the mic to the other guy, like, and then you just come back. You don't acknowledge shit he just said, and you're like, <laughs> all right, blah blah blah, and I was like, yeah. Right, right. right. I've, I've seen some of that, and, and you know, that, that that will not hold my attention anyway. So. Right. Good oh, stuff, man. Keep doing your thing.
1: Awesome. Thank you, man. Well, anything else uh, you want to give away to the listeners? Oh, wait. One question that I like to ask every guest is, you know, what is something actionable that uh, a coach or athlete can kind of take away from this podcast? Just kind of sum it up, and just one thing that you feel like would be valuable to people to kind of ponder about.
0: Hmm... Uh, I guess self-awareness, you know? Yeah. At, so if you're doing something, man, just ask yourself uh, the hard questions sometimes, you know? If you are a coach, you know, um, and you're, if you're not liking it or you want to be somewhere else or you want to do something else, kind of get, getting a, uh, a handle on kind of like who you are mm-hmm. and being really honest with yourself. Cause I don't, you know, and if you, if you, if you can't be honest with yourself, maybe like ask your closest friends, ask you, and then don't just take their word for it, but just get a kind of like a survey almost. And then just kind of see what people say. And, but I, I feel like, um, there's a, there's some self-awareness that needs to happen around mm-hmm. like anything you might want to do. And like I said earlier, it doesn't mean you can't do something like, you know, if you got enough hustle and drive, you can do whatever you want. Right. but it helps if you're very aware of where you're starting. Mm-hmm. So just kind of like you might tell the guy at the gym, like someone comes in obese and they're like, I want to go to the CrossFit games. You're like, hold up champ. Let's, uh, let's um, maybe just start with um, not drinking Cokes. You know, <laughs> that's the self-awareness I'm talking about, but that can be applied anywhere. Like, right. like I said, with the podcasting, like, are you the talking guy? And so I think just more of that's good. And, um, I'll shut up now. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, dude, I I totally agree with you. That is uh that is one thing that, and I don't know how you kind of go about that, but something that I've kind of tried, I'd say the past practice. year or so. Practice, yeah, practice, and and get it fucking down on paper. You know what I mean? Like there's something called morning pages that I talk about all the time, and it's something I've you know stayed, I've done consistently for about you know nine months, a year now, or something like that, and. You can use that to ask yourself the hard questions, and if you're somebody who is, you know, when you look at a hard question and you're like, I got this covered, remember, that's when you're in the danger zone. That's when you think you're kind of above it. You think you know too much. You think you know where you're already at, but you can always mm-hmm. dig a little bit deeper. So I encourage people to check out Morning Pages or some, some way to capture whatever it is that you're trying to answer down on paper.
0: Yep, yep good for
2: stuff
1: sure. alright well once again thank you so much for being here man and uh, yeah we'll, maybe we'll bring you back on sometime and we'll uh, have another awesome conversation
0: cool if I'm ever in the uh, you said you're in Philly right yeah yeah awesome if I'm ever out that way well let's go hit up the Rocky statue
1: yeah yeah let's do it man alright man Thank you so much for listening, guys. I know you're probably driving right now or doing something else, but don't forget to head over to theairbornemind.com and grab your free movement audit checklist. If you want to check out some of the details behind the Mobility Through Movement program, you can see that either in the show notes or at theairbornemind.com slash mtm. And if you really enjoyed this episode, remember the best compliment you can give is by sharing it with somebody else who might enjoy it, sharing it somewhere on the web or heading over to iTunes and leaving us a review. That would be phenomenal. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, I always love hearing from you guys. Thank you so much once again for joining me. Until next time.